Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. You're listening to Radical Philosophy on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Radical Philosophy is on Facebook now. You can find it by searching Radical Philosophy Radio Show on Facebook and clicking to follow and keep updated with the show. Happy listening. Like some food for thought? Tune in to Radical Philosophy with discussions on freedom, happiness, knowledge, evil and rational argument. With words from Midgley, Caputi, Adams, Stewart, Wolf, and Hagen Gruber. Let's get radical about philosophy. My favorite program is Radical Philosophy on 3CR Community Radio 855 on AM Band. I'm Dr. Teresa Handel. Welcome to Radical Philosophy. I'm your host, Beth Matthews. Today on the program, I'm speaking with Chris Sitka about the origins of patriarchy. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Would you like to give us a bit of background information about yourself? Okay, well, I've been a a radical activist for quite a long time, since the 1960s sometime. I joined Women's Liberation and Gay Liberation in the early 1970s and after I joined Gay Liberation I got interested in women's history and the way women had been erased from history so that's been one of my big interests. So I've studied that and I tend to now have specialised in prehistoric times. That's my big area of interest because I'm interested in the origins of patriarchy. I've done all my study outside of the academy because I always believed in being an independent scholar because I never wanted to be directed by the dominant paradigms and just use my own radical thinking to investigate the history. Right, that's really great. So you've basically been a political activist most of your life, haven't you? That's right. I started very young. I think I went to my first anti-Vietnam War demonstration when I was 13 in the um, probably mid-1960s. Wow. So could you tell us about the origins of patriarchy? Yeah, so... Well, probably one of the great sources, for because we didn't really have this concept. We talk about patriarchy, but nobody actually ever talks very clearly about what patriarchy is in a historical sense. You might talk about the effects of it on us at the moment. So historically, what I and other feminist scholars have found is that patriarchy is a a social organisation that came into being at a certain point in history. In prehistoric times, there was no patriarchy. Of course, this contradicts the the doctrine that male dominance has been universal and eternal. And, for example, people will call Yobbo guy a Neanderthal. But, But actually, if you look at what the Neanderthals were like, they weren't a patriarchal culture. They were, and, and a lot of modern archaeology is now showing that 
they were actually quite equal and that men and women had pretty much the same roles in the society. So that image that people have of the caveman going out hunting and the woman staying at home and then he comes home and drags her around by the hair, hits her with a club and rapes her is just a projection of the present being patriarchal realities being projected on the past but now the actual archaeology and I'm not when I say these things it's not just something that I'm making up I base my knowledge in in actual scientific archaeological research and especially with a lot of the modern technology they're now showing that a lot of our assumptions about the distant past are quite inaccurate and so the Neanderthals had a very cooperative culture, as have humans for the last 200 or 300,000 years. People lived in a state of cooperation and equality, and that includes between men and women. And at a certain point in history, this changed, and that's what I can tell you about how where the origins of patriarchy, the, the kind of timeline that they came Mm, yep, yep, go on. That's very interesting. <laughs> okay, so I can talk more about how the evidence came. Maria Gimbutas is probably a key figure in the whole reappraisal of the past by feminists. She was a, a very highly renowned archaeologist working basically in the European sphere. She's She was European and eventually moved to America after the Second World War and worked at UCLA there, but she was a very highly skilled archaeologist, multilingual, and she started, and she was very highly regarded, And, and but she was looking at the evidence, and at one point she started saying, the evidence that I'm seeing in the archaeology is not is not pointing to what we are assuming that the past was like, i.e. that men were dominant, that societies were unequal. So she was saying, and she showed the evidence, and she's you know wrote in the books that actually in societies there was no warfare, people were equal, there was no wealth, there was no hierarchy. It was a very different kind of society to what people might assume. Of course, you know they they probably think of the hunters and gatherers as being you know not based on hierarchical structures and wealth and everything but there has still always been the assumption that men were dominant over women at that time. Anyway she started talking in archaeological circles about the fact that patriarchy is not has not always existed. She didn't actually use that term that we use now but immediately she was rubbish. They said oh she's gone crazy, she's hysterical, she's making up stuff and and they dismissed her. And, and what I find very interesting is that just recently, in the last few years, probably the last five or so years, a lot of those archaeologists, um, for example, Colin Renfrew, if you know anything about archaeology, you know that he was quite a prominent person and he was very critical of Maria Gimbutas's theory. And he has actually given a speech in 1917 and said, Maria Gimbutas was right. Modern DNA tracking has shown that her theory of the change that happened in the old European culture, as she called it, 
the old European Neolithic culture. Her theories are being proved true now by new archaeological methods. And I think also because a lot more women are gaining probably a bit more traction in archaeology. So, you know, the whole thing is shifting. And I'm reading a lot of articles now on the internet that are reinforcing this concept. And and one that I found very interesting recently is um, there's a lot more research being done in China at the moment. So there was recently a study in China where they were looking, they, they analysed the, you know, the skeletal remains of people from the old Paleolithic and then from the, after, after the Neolithic, which is the agricultural era, had started and they found that in the past women, for example, their bones, their structure, their health was pretty much equal to men and then after agriculture began in that area, the diets of men and women changed and they can analyse all this with modern technology from their bones. And suddenly women were becoming weaker, they were being malnourished and the males, the, the male children and the, the, you know, the male adults were... So you started to have that difference and you could see that Basically, when there was a shortage of food, the men were getting it and the women weren't, the women and girls weren't. So that shows that kind of change of how society distributes its resources and it indicates a change of social status between women and men. So that's a a very interesting study that's very recent. But just to kind of catch you up on where the where the shift happened, basically I would say that in the in the Paleolithic, the old Stone Age it's sometimes called, before say ten, twelve thousand years ago, when people lived a gathering hunting lifestyle, there was a certain we, we had that kind of culture and a, another aspect of it is that the kind of art that people made that indicated their spirituality showed that they worshipped sometimes it's called the mother goddess a female creatrix all the images that people made were of corpulent female figures they didn't make they didn't create male images but then when it was at the beginning of agriculture itself, which began, say, 12,000 years ago, you, you started to see a cultural change. It was still pretty matrifocal. Maria Gimbutas invented this word, which I think is better than matriarchy, because matriarchy seems to imply the opposite of patriarchy, the rule of women over men, whereas when we talk about matrifocal, we're talking about a culture that was basically equal, but the the kind of belief system, the spiritual system centred around the creativity of the mother goddess, which we might call Gaia, the earth, a nature, and included women who were birth givers. And that and that, that was universal. So you see these images all over the world, actually, where, you know, that they have different styles in different places, but they have the, the, the same concept is there. And then as we go into the Neolithic, we start to see that 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 kind of representation was strong. It became stronger with the invention of ceramics and pottery. And, you know, there was uh, all the images were placed on ceramic pots, uh, little figurines were made. And uh, there's a a famous story of Maria Gimbutas was working 
at a dig in Macedonia. It was a dig of about six, seven thousand years ago. Anyway, they were finding large numbers of female figurines made. No male figures. They didn't make them during the Neolithic, not until much, much later in time. So she and after the uh, in the evening she went down to the river after they'd had a meal and she saw this male archaeologist throwing these figurines in the river literally throwing away archaeological finds of these little they made very small figurines out of clay at those times and he was throwing them away and she said to him why are you throwing away these finds that we have you know they're valuable and he said oh no they're of no value we're looking for evidence of of a civilization with hierarchy and rulers chieftainship and these tell us nothing about that so he was looking for evidence of a patriarchal culture there and to him if it wasn't showing that it wasn't valuable and he was literally throwing the evidence away in the river and of course just like yeah it's you know women are worthless so just throw them away really isn't mm, it yeah that's right and you see this is how the past has been interpreted by the patriarchal mind including female archaeologists who have worked within that paradigm they actually just ignore any evidence that's contrary to the concept that they're projecting on the past i.e the neanderthals and or um or this particular culture in in the macedonian area from thousands of years ago so and and there's many other examples of that where they would dig up a grave of of a warrior in later eras when women were also warriors during what we might call the Kurgan era and that's during the time when the metrofocal cultures were being broken down by more patriarchal cultures but they would dig and so if they find a uh, a woman with weapons they would say they actually would used to say that's a man because you know there's weapons so and and now they do more detailed analysis and they do some dna analysis and they find that that in, including in the viking area you know where we also have that same image of the warrior male and the submissive female but actually they're, look, I don't watch those television shows, the Vikings, but I don't know what they're portraying. I think I'd just get too annoyed because they're reinforcing stereotypes because, you know, I'm, I'm about breaking down those, um, those patriarchal stereotypes of male and female roles. But, yeah, so they, uh, it's, we, we see how history has been misinterpreted. So... You're listening to Radical Philosophy on Radio 3CR, 8.55 on your AM dial, and I'm speaking with Chris Sitka about the origins of patriarchy. So we, we see the transition of from metrofocal, and, I'm talk, and this was universal all over the world. Like you can study Maria Gimbutas' work. She quite explicitly focused on the European era, area and she talked about a a theory of 
people coming from the east, the Kurgans, who took over. And now, she also got it wrong because she talked about an invasion happening, but more recent archaeology is showing it wasn't really an invasion. It was a, a slower change that happened over a couple of thousand years, actually. So there wasn't a, a speedy change to where male dominance came, you know, into into power. And it's probably still not in total power. You know, there are still areas of the earth where these metrofocal cultures, pockets of them have still survived. And, for example, one famous one is the Mosu in China who have a very interesting social structure which is actually being broken down right at this time in history by um, modern Chinese tourism to the area. But we saw that change happening, and I, I talked about it before, how you started to see men were given more more of the food resources than the women, for example, in China. But wh- why did we see the change happening is, is the question. You can look at the dates, look, and there's been a lot of literature and research done on this. There's um, an, an Australian woman called Judy Foster and Spinifex Press published her book, Invisible Women of Prehistory. She has a very good summary of the actual dates of transition throughout the world. Most she, she deals with different areas of the world. But we see it happening over six, 7,000 years ago. It began and kept advancing but really I would say to, to my mind the beginning of patriarchy really started to become established with when we had metallurgy so it began in the in the bronze age and and uh, that's when we start to see weapons being made and this is another thing people don't really get that before the era of there was an era before weapons that were used for aggression there is no evidence of warfare or fortification so throughout the neolithic which is many thousands of years probably five thousand years there's no evidence of warfare or fortification people built villages they lived there they didn't have to put walls they didn't defend themselves so this is another thing that i think is really important for people to realize that people attacking each other in warfare is not something that we have always done and that's often the justification for patriarchy this is natural men are naturally dominant warfare is natural it is natural to loathe the other person but if you think about you lived in a paleolithic or neolithic era that the population population of the earth was very small you would have been fascinated to see someone else you might have wanted to learn stuff from them and that's actually what the evidence seems to show for example the neanderthals weren't slaughtered by modern humans and taken over they actually lived in conjunction for a long long time i'm talking many thousands of years they actually lived together and they interbred and every and dna is showing that every person still alive out of Africa has elements of Neanderthal in their DNA plus the Denisovians which is another new people's type of people who lived at the same time as the Neanderthals they also interbred with modern humans so it seems that when change happened it wasn't this kind of assault invasion rape conquer that's the patriarchal era before that people moved 
around, started to move around, the population increased and people interbred with each other and the culture started to change. So why did it transform from this beautiful, peaceful, harmonious, in tune with nature, because that's the value of matriarchal cultures, things that we really value now in the climate change era, like being at one with nature, not trying to conquer nature, not trying to conquer other people, basically kindness, creativity, and living close to the elements and nature. But when... People and and it seems like the Neolithic change, the beginning of agriculture, was driven actually by climate change, which I think is a very interesting point considering where we are now. At the end of the ice ages, there was a climate change around twelve thousand years ago. The world became unusually warm and wet, and then colder and drier. And this actually made gathering and hunting more difficult in a practical way. So um, people, of course, already knew a lot about how the grasses seeded and things like that. And so they, they, they started at this time to domesticate animals, to grow crops. And then the population started to increase and you started to have a bit of surplus happening because in a true hunter-gatherer society, people there were few people and there was a lot of resources. It wasn't actually that hard to find food. You weren't competing with people for the abundance. Like, I mean, you hear the descriptions of Australia right at first occupation. There were, you would get to the Menindee Lakes and there would be literally millions of birds flying around. You basically just had to throw a stone in the air and a bird would drop down. And, you know, so it was, it was not hard to get food. But with, with this, there was, so we're talking about, certain areas of the planet after the end of the ice age you had agriculture developing and and then people started living differently they started gathering in bigger groupings and people don't realize but there were really large villages for example I'm I'm part Ukrainian my father was Ukrainian and in Ukraine about 6,000 years ago 7,000 years ago, there were villages of 10,000 people. Now, these people don't realise, because they, they're taught that the beginning of civilization was Rome, Greece, ancient Sumeria, the Mesopotamian cultures, because the actual civilization of the metrofocal cultures, Maria, again, Buddhists called the European part of it, the old European culture, it, it was a very advanced culture. They had they were making pottery, they had these large villages, they had agriculture, they were doing ceremonies, they had a very rich spiritual life, belief system about doing ceremonies to attune themselves with the natural forces. They had the the creatrix, the mother goddess images that they were doing in their in their art. And but one of the, the ideas that has come up about what happened was that when people started gathering into these large towns and that, they hadn't learnt a lot about hygiene and that. And and just recently I, I read an article about how a, a plague went through this area in... Um, Oh, what, what was the? It happened around this era, era when you started to have people moving in these settled villages, 
and uh, that disrupted society and 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 a lot of the villages that they created they saw that they were burnt down now sometimes in the past that was attributed to the invasion of the kurgans from the east the horse riding people from the east but now there's a theory that it was actually because people were getting sick and dying and so they were burning them down there's a lot of interesting things that have happened in history that we haven't um talked about so that crash in the population at the time was a 5700 years ago another interesting th- fact is looking at dna they've discovered that at 7000 years ago there were 17 women to every male on the planet now that's uh, that's amazing but see for me it feeds into the our whole understanding of the patriarchal transition because from being a peaceful people peaceful peace loving harmonious people something happened to kind of disrupt social organization and it's probably a combination of factors with climate with agriculture with diseases that hadn't been before but you know one of the theories and this is just a theory so far that and this isn't a feminist theory this is a mainstream theory that um, the men started fighting each other and killing each other you know warfare began and there was a sudden collapse in the number of men in the world and obviously it's kind of re-established itself because, but and there's a, there's been other times when the whole population of the planet has gone down to very few people due to huge natural disasters, and um, so the population has had to recover from that. So these kind of pressures that happen when you have a disruption and people get stressed, and sometimes different value systems start. Yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point. Wow, seventeen women to one man. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's quite incredible. Well, thanks very much for coming onto the program today. Yeah, my pleasure. And this is part one of a two-part interview. So do tune in next week for part two. Thank you very much. Okay, I'll see you then. So yep, <laughs> and I've been speaking with Chris Sicker about. The Origins of Patriarchy. Well, that's all we have time for today. Hope you've enjoyed the program and stay tuned for the fabulous Swing and Sway.